of intention. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unmuted Generations. I'm Ryan Mew, and in each episode, we focus on expanding our horizons and personal knowledge of the world to cultivate a happy and healthy lifestyle. My guest this week is Song Atajirin. She's a life coach who guides her clients through their spiritual journeys to discover their authentic selves and really tap into their own intuitive abilities to manifest the life they've always dreamed of. She's also a spiritual medium and an energy healer, using these abilities to provide those who are looking for healing and really need it a sense of calmness and peace. Thank you so much for coming on today, Song. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I wanted to tell you that when you reached out to me, I could instantly feel your energy. And I was like, this guy, Ryan, is cool. He's a cool guy. I like his energy. I could just tell you're like humble, easygoing, laid back. And when I listened to your podcast, I just affirmed it. So thank you for having me on. (laughs) That's cool. I'm glad I have that good energy. I'm always worried if I have like a chaotic energy that rubs off on people. Like, how are you able to tell if somebody has like a good energy versus a bad energy to start off? Uh, It's an, it's kind of just a feeling that I get. So sometimes when people message me, I could tell right away their kind of, not just their tone in the way that they are communicating, but I, it starts something like feeling in my body. I start to feel something in my body. And when you messaged me, I started to feel like island vibes. That's what I was picking up on. That's actually really interesting because I am half Filipino. So that's uh-huh. like Pacific Islander uh-huh. and island. And I've my favorite favorite areas to travel to are islands. Like I've been to the Caribbean, I've been to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like those are just very peaceful areas where I can mm-hmm. have a beer, just relax. So I'm glad I bring off that energy. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Well, I'm really glad. I'm really, really glad. And I'm really, really glad to have you on too, Song. When we first touched base, I thought you had a very, very interesting career occupation, really centered around helping people. And I think that's so important during this time, especially with people suffering from grief or loss or just sadness and depression from COVID-19. And as I mentioned in the beginning, you work as an intuitive life coach, an energy healer, and a spirit medium. So I guess to start, I was wondering if we could define those three facets of your career, what you do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. As an intuitive life coach, I help people connect to their true authentic selves, what who they really are inside, and kind of open up to their innate intuitive abilities. I believe that everyone has intuitive abilities. And that can help them navigate their lives to manifest the experience and the things that they've always wanted. I believe also if if you have a desire in your heart, you're meant to fulfill it. And some people have a hard time taking those first initial steps towards fulfilling their dreams, or maybe they think that they're not worthy to to have those things that they want. But if it's in your heart, you're meant to have it. And so I help people kind of take those initial steps forward. And listen to what's really in their hearts and in, in their souls to help them get there. I also do energy healing as well as I'm a spiritual medium. In energy healing, I help people clear negative energy and remove energy blocks so that they can have more ease and flow in their lives. A lot of times when we have, go through stress or traumatic instances, it as an energy healer, I see it as blockages around the body. And that can store and cause either chronic illness or PTSD where it comes up again, it's triggered by something else. So in energy healing, what I do is help remove that energy from those blockages and address those issues so that we can start to bring in new 
um, energy. We all have life force energy within us. So my job as an energy healer is to just amplify that and bring that out. And as a spiritual medium, I provide guidance from the other side. And that's either through people who have passed on or, or our spirit guides and our angels that may have messages for us that can help bring guidance, reassurance, and peace in times that we're just not sure what direction to go to. I, I think that's all very interesting because I think a lot of people, they have a misconception about a lot of the things that you just said. And I, I, I kind of want to dive deeper into all of those. The first one is really like the intuitive abilities aspect. I, I know you just said, I think we're all born with like intuitive abilities. How did you discover your intuitive abilities and how did you like really train it up over time? So I think the first instances of me discovering that I was gifted or I had these abilities was around the age of four and five. There was, I heard an, a voice. It was a man and a woman. They were talking to each other in my living room and I was living in an apartment in LA at the time. And I looked up and I didn't see anybody around and they were talking to each other. And I said, hello, who's there? And all of a sudden the voices stopped and they were like, I think she's talking to us. Like, yeah, hello, can you hear us? And then the man, you know, asked me this question. I said, yeah. And so he asked me back, can you see us? And I said, no. And so we started to have this dialogue once I like learned how to speak and I, I wasn't sure who they were, what they were. And I remember my mom came in to me in the room one day and she said, who are you talking to? And I got embarrassed and I said, no one, but I thought, okay, maybe these are just like make-believe friends or I, I didn't know what to think. And I just remember having this experience when I was in preschool, my preschool teachers came over to visit my, my parents and they wanted to, I didn't know what they were talking about. And so I was in one room and my preschool teacher and my mother, uh, my father were in another room. And my, these, what I now understand are spirits the spirits would walk it back and forth. And so they would go eavesdrop in on the teacher's conversation and they would come back to where I was in the other room. And they would tell me like, oh, your teachers are here to tell your parents that you're really smart and you're doing a good job in school. And I was like, oh, great. And so after my teachers left, my parents came back to the room and I asked, oh, what was that about? And they said, your te teachers were here just to tell you that, tell us that, that you were doing a great job and that you're really smart. And I, I was like, oh, okay. So that was like confirmation that it wasn't just in my mind. And something else happened that time when I wasn't sure what was going on. I was getting a little bit older and I just really wanted some validation that this wasn't just me having imaginative, con imaginative conversations in my head. And so I asked them, I said, if you're real, prove to me that you exist. And I was in the living room at the time and we had mini blinds all across the living room and the mini blinds went up, which means like somebody had to pull the string for the blinds to go up. It didn't go down, it went up. And so after that, I was like really freaked out and I didn't want to talk yeah. to them ever again. <laughs> in your closet or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I just said, okay, this is enough. I don't want to talk. And then eventually the man and the woman, they left. I don't know where they went. But I remember like a, maybe a year or so later, I was about six and there was this woman's voice and it sounded very peaceful, very soothing. And she called me by my name um, and she says, song, song. And she called me by my, my first name. And I, I said, who are you? Where are you? And I kept following this voice, but I couldn't see a, a person. And she said, I just want to, to tell you something important. I want you to remember this message that you are going to help many people. You're going to help many people. And I was like, I don't understand. What are you talking about? 
who, where are you? Show yourself to me. And so I was following this voice that was trailing. I like opened up a closet and I felt like the voice was just like getting further and further away. Just wanted to tell you, you're going to help many people. You're going to help many people. You're going to help. And I didn't know what that meant for a really long time, but I, I kept remembering it. And then the different spiritual experiences that I've had, I just keep going back to that moment of, okay, I think what I meant to do with these abilities that I have is to help people. From that instance of like uh, around being age six, I didn't hear audibly um, voices anymore, but I started having different experiences. I would have premonition dreams, dreams that would foretell of what's happening in the future. I would have experiences like, I remember sitting in art class when I was in high school for some reason, I would walk into the classroom and I would be feeling fine. But as soon as I sat down in my chair, I started feeling sad. And then when I got up off of my chair, I went to like get the supplies and I was like, okay, I'm not sad anymore. And so I did this a couple of times and until I, f- I sat back down and I tapped the person next to me and I said, excuse me, this is a weird question, but are you sad today? And she was like, yeah, how did you know? And I was like, because I can feel it. And I don't think this is my feelings. I could just tell that she was sad by sitting next to her. And then that's when I started to realize that I had different abilities, not just being able to like maybe hear voices, but I could feel other people's feelings. And I could start to tell what was happening in the future through my dreams. I had a um, very profound spiritual experience when I was about 16. My family life was very hard. Me growing up as a teenager, living in the United States and my parents being very Asian and we clashed a lot. And I ran away from home from a few times. My parents actually sent me back to Thailand and I did not like that at all. And I remember I was looking out my window one day and I said this prayer to God. And I, I, I said, God, if you exist, my family is Buddhist, but I had heard about God through my friend who's Muslim. And I said, God, if you exist, please help me change. Like I want to move, uh, I was living in Thailand at the time. I wanted to move back to America, but I didn't know how to get there. And so um, looking in the mirror, I was looking at my closet. I closed the door and I looked out to the side of my, where the window was. And I felt this huge burst of energy and a bright beaming light come towards me. And it knocked me off, off my feet. I was on the floor and I was like, what the heck was that? And I got up and I was looking around for this beam of light and I didn't know where it wasn't there anymore, but I felt something different within myself. I felt like I had the ability to change my life and like I felt like I had hope again. And so from that experience on, it just led me down a path of like discovering like more about spirituality. I learned about religion and Buddhism, which is where, what my family is. And it just took me like on a deeper dive to learn about energy healing and that sort of thing. Interesting, interesting. Well, f- well, first of all, thank you so for being so vulnerable with your journey. And second of all, obviously you experienced some of these situations when you were six and a little bit younger. Or some people would say, oh, it could be like an imaginary friend or kids have wild imaginations. That's what people always say when, when they show their parent <laughs> like a macaroni drawing, something like that. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you truly believe that we are all born with these intuitive abilities to potentially be able to communicate with 
in, in kind of like a spiritual aspect. I'm no expert by any means. I'm really just trying to summarize what you're saying. Uh, so you're saying like these in- intuitive abilities, they could potentially be unlocked. Similar to like how if you're a bat, if you shoot a basketball enough times, you're going to know how to like shoot correctly and, and make shots. Yes, that is a very accurate description of intuition, actually, because it's something that can be developed over time. I feel like we do all have intuitive abilities to some form or another, and there's a lot of different types of intuitive abilities. So I mentioned a few already. Clear audience is one of them is, is hearing voices. Children hear them a lot. I hear stories about children hearing loved ones have passed on the other side. I actually have a situation of that, actually. So first of all, I'd like to, to preface to everybody listening that I am not Definitely. I'm definitely not the resource to go to for intuitive abilities. I have not trained them by any means this podcast. I'm glad I have Song on here to really assist and, and to help teach and, and learn more about this whole sector of you know spirituality. But you know, growing up, every one of my cousins have talked to like a, a ghost before, or that's what or mm. ghost or a spirit. And whether it's in the situation where it's like we were in front of a TV and we're saying, oh, this person talked to us or something like that. I think with me, or it was I, it was me and I was like looking at a picture of some relatives who were deceased. And basically, I knew all their names, but I've never met them in person. You know, I was too young to actually like remember their names and stuff like that anyways. Mm-hmm. So it was just one of those situations where I... Uh, going back and taking a step back, I have had a situation and I feel like everybody in a holistic sense has had a, a situation where they've talked with some or communicated with a spirit or had some situation where their intuitive ability was temporarily unlocked, but it was just so mm-hmm. abstract and there's no really figment that you could attach to it that could explain it. So you just kind of ignore it and say, oh, it's just like a weird situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we are connected, when we are, our minds are at peace, we're o- more open to receiving intuitive information. And that's why children, we'd hear stories about children receiving information at, at a young age because they're open and that they're not judging what's coming in. And so hearing is one thing, seeing, sometimes um, we see things either through our mind's eye or through the corner of our eye. That's clairvoyance. Clairvoyance can also come in the form of precognition, where you can see things that happen in the future. Clairsentience is the feeling quality. That's you're able to feel other people's emotions or feel physical feelings from other people too. There's also claircognizance is knowing that you know something, but not knowing how you know something. Sometimes that comes up in gut feelings. You're just kind of like, I have a feeling I should not go this route today on the freeway. I'm going to go a different route. And before even checking your GPS or anything like that, and then you go a different route and then you check your GPS and you're like, I'm glad I did follow my intuitive guidance because I could have been stuck in traffic. Wow. I, have you ever had something like I, that happen? I didn't even know something like that was considered an intuitive ability because it if is. it is, my mom is the master of it. Literally, <laughs> I, re- I remember I was driving up the mountains to go to the snow. And my mom kept bothering me. She called me. She's like, hey, did you fill your tires up with air and stuff? Make sure your tires are like full of air. And I'm like, don't worry, mom. Like they're all set. I got my tires changed like two months ago. So there's no reason why there would be a hole or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I just ignored her her responses. And literally the morning I was driving up to pick my girlfriend up and really go to the mountains, 
I got like a car maintenance light and it was saying, oh, one of your tires doesn't have air. And I'm like, that is so weird. (laughs) Yes. Moms are super psychic. We call that mom antenna. Is that just because she is hypothetically interconnected to me because I'm her child? Okay. That makes sense. Both. But I feel like pregnancy also, and I experienced this myself when I had, when I was pregnant with my first child, it taps us into, I feel like this other realm, which is God, the creator, whatever you want to call it, because we're basically carrying life energy in us, life force energy. And we're, we have two life force energies within us. And so it opens this portal to be able to receive information. And even though we've given life, a lot of times, not only were we still connected to our children, but we also still are connected to this kind of antenna that comes from source, God, whatever you want to call it, the universe. So that we can give you guys a call and let you know to watch out and fill your tires up. <laughs> yeah, I know. It works in small ways. It's either like, oh, you're you're gonna I shouldn't go over there because I feel like I'm gonna die or man, your car just sucks. <laughs> One of the yeah. So let me ask you about spirits. So you said early on you had you're able to talk to certain people or just mm-hmm. kind of have like a an intuition to be able to like communicate with spirits at a young age or or sit down and like be able to see or not see somebody, but like hear somebody, correct? Yes. So are these spirits like people from the dead, hypothetically, like spirits who have died and their body is just like not here on earth? Or how does the, you know, somebody who really focuses on like intuitive abilities look at like spirits? So being able to talk to those on the other side, uh, those who have deceased, that's a form of mediumship. And mediumship can be developed through clairaudience, which is hearing, or clairvoyance. Those are two abilities that I use. And some people also connect through psychometry, which is like being able to touch something and feel energies and read those energies. But with spirits on the other side, I heard them when I was really young. And when I decided I didn't want to hear them anymore, I stopped for a long time. But they would keep appearing to me either in dreams or right before I, I fall asleep. And I would see visions of spirits. When I was young, around my teenage years, I asked monks about them. I said, what is this going on? I said, somebody came up to me, said he just died in a car accident and he needed my help. How do I help him? And the monks, God love them. They don't always have the answers. And so they said, just pray. Um, and, and so I, that's the response. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it, it took me a while to figure out what was actually going on. I met a medicine man who was an energy healer. My uncle, or I call him my uncle, was a family friend. When I was around 16, he had a stroke and he is a doctor in the Western medical um, sense. And he sought an energy healer to help him with his stroke. He was paralyzed on the left side. My sister said that she was in the room when the healer was working on my uncle and he had his hands on the left side of my uncle's like left arm. And when the healer raised up his hands, my uncle's left arm moved up. Now, mind you, he just had a stroke and he was paralyzed. And so somehow, some miraculous way, this healer helped his uncle. And my sister told me about that. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. And so <laughs> that started my, my, my search of intuitive abilities and energy healing. So I I talked to this energy healer and I said, I told him, I said, I heard what happened. I want to learn how to do that. And he kind of pushed me away uh, at first. He was like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want the burden of becoming a healer and that sort of thing. And then he looked at me. What does he mean by that, a burden? He just said, you don't want to, it's a lot of work 
he says, to be an energy healer, like you're dealing with other people's energies. And I didn't understand what he meant until much later. But he looked at me in that in the eye that moment and he said, hey, wait a minute, you have abilities, don't you? I said, yes. And he goes, I'm going to teach you how to, to use your abilities. And so we didn't work on energy healing, but as he was helping my uncle, he would set some time aside after the weekly visits to help me with meditation on how to hone my intuitive abilities so I could search for things, astral travel through meditation, which is like out-of-body experiences and going to different places, exploring the different states of consciousness. Like this is kind of out there, but I was really open and willing to learn at that age. And after I moved back to America, after I was living in Thailand, then that's when I started learning about healing, energy healing through Reiki and the International Center for Reiki Training. Got it. So I guess just to clarify for for some people who are listening and, and they aren't necessarily familiar with like the other projections of the world and just to hear your opinion on it too so like i i personally think that like the body is is almost like a vehicle like we're only here on earth there's no way we're after 70 years old and if we pass away due to cancer or stroke or anything like that even happily in death that our spirit is just like cut off like our spirit essentially is transferred into something else and i guess as you talk to different spirits and you talk to one and they said, hey, I got in a car accident, I need help, something along those lines. Is there a reason why spirits remain on, I guess, Earth to go communicate with the general living who are in these body vehicles but don't quite understand what's going yes. on? Yes. So the medicine man that I talked to, he told me that sometimes spirits come are coming to you because they just need to find um, the light. And so I learned how to start sending spirits to the light after working with him. And one of the things that we can do is just ask our angels around us, angels, can you please open up the pathway to the light? How I understand this is as spirits transition, after researching about mediumship and now practicing as a medium myself for the past few years, After the soul has transitioned, life has ended, we are usually greeted by loved ones on the other side. And we also have a spirit guide with us. And that spirit guide is with us from the time that we are born until the time that we are passed. And they can be with us with multiple lifetimes. But sometimes because of either the way that we pass or what has happened in our life, we may not have, spirits may not have closure. And so they may stay around a little bit longer. They may not be able to accept their passing or they may need a little bit of guidance that it's okay to step into the light, that love is on the other side. I know a lot of people, they compare spirituality to being religious, like saying, Mm -hmm. if I believe it, if I'm a Christian or if I uh, am Buddhist, this is my religion. And at the end of my lifespan here on earth, this is what's going to happen. And they believe the two are often like synonymous but could you define the difference between the two for everybody listening? Sure. When I did a lot of studying about spirituality, one of the first places that I went to was learning about different religions. Because my family, as I mentioned, grew up Buddhist. And I was, as this was happening to me after having that spiritual experience and learning about God, I started to seek out different texts. And so I was going to church and and that was like towards the end of high school. And my, I'd have fights with my mom about this. Mm. She's like, why are you going to church? You're Buddhist. And I was like, I don't know what I am. Why can't I just be both? 
And she's like, no, you can't be both. You have to pick one. And so my Christian friends were telling me the same thing. You, you can't be both. You need to pick one. That's an interesting way to look at it too, because it, it generally in religions, they outlaw worshiping another deity. So it's interesting you said that. Yes. And so I just needed more answers. I couldn't make a decision. And so like, I felt so much pressure from one side. And my mom just said, basically one day, why are you going to give away your, your religion that you grew up with Buddhism that you, when you don't really know that much about it, which is true. Like I learned what through the teachings as a, a young person, like as a child, and a lot of the things that we learned were in Pali, which is the precursor to Sanskrit, a spoken language. And I didn't understand anything that I was chanting. And so she said, why don't you go learn about Buddhism before you like completely give it up? So I said, sure, I'll take it into consideration. And one day as I was drawing myself in art class, before I drew in the hair, I saw myself bald and I was like, I would look really good bald. And so I, <laughs> I, I went home that day. I remember I was like 17. I was like, hey, mom, can I shave my head? She goes, only if you become a Buddhist nun. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I did. After high school, I didn't want to go back to, to school right away. And I, I took three months off of school to in Theravada Buddhism, which is in Southeast Asia, predominantly Thai, Thailand, Burma, uh, Myanmar, or now Myanmar and Sri Lanka, you can become a nun and not, or a Buddhist monk and not do it like as a lifetime obligation. It could just be like a decision that you make to learn about the practice. They call it making merit. And I guess you would, an American way, you would just say like, or making good karma. And so I practiced um, Buddhism as a nun for three months. And I learned about, I, I just took a bunch of books with me and I learned about religion. I learned about the different types of religion, Eastern religions, and Western religion and try to compare. And I started to realize at the heart of all these texts, it's just all about love and connection to something greater than ourselves. And that to me defines what spirituality is. Religion can take you there, but religion can have a lot of dogmas and restrictions that kind of take us away from the true, the true meaning of what these texts could have been trying to preach all along, which is like in Christianity, love thy neighbor as thyself. There were a few books that I actually found while I was living as a Buddhist nun. And this was in the beach of Thailand. It was in a forest monastery. There was this library that um, in, it's called Suan Mok, which is Southern Thailand, that had a whole bunch of texts. And I'm so grateful that I found this, these books, the, the teachings of Buddha and the teachings of Christ, and a lot of similarities between the two texts in the, the Bible and the Dhammapada which is the Buddhist um, text. And another book that I came across was written by Thich Nhat Hanh, who's a Vietnamese monk that was exiled during the Vietnam War for his activism. And he wrote a book called Living Buddha, Living Christ. And that was great for me because he was talking about experiencing Christ in the form of mysticism as a sense of experiencing Buddhism as a mystic too. So you can touch the core teachings of each of these religions through mysticism or spirituality by just be more aware, be more in tune, and having more love and patience in your heart. So to me, those are the differences. You know, a lot of religions, they all kind of not necessarily preach the same thing, but they're all preaching to create good morals in somebody, like love thy neighbor as you love thyself type of thing. <laughs> like, Or uh, even like with your enemies, like not treating them horribly and being there for them because you don't know the circumstances or situations they may go through. Like I know they preach that in a lot of different religions. And at the end of the day, you are right. I think that two goals people always desire 
regardless of race or ethnicity or religion or any circumstantial factor is like having love and then also being in a sense of community where you have the ability to like be loved. And I think like religion grants a lot of that, but spirituality could obviously be like, like next level stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that religion is a great place to start and you, it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like bowling with bumpers. (laughs) And one day you want to take the bumpers off and you don't need them anymore. And you can just kind of go at it as your own. Yeah. Or take the bowling ball outside. (laughs) I think the the main difference between a lot of people, I I would say they tend to be curious about other religions. Like Mm -hmm. I'm personally curious about like Buddhism and stuff. Like I'd want to learn more and read more about it, despite me having a different religion. But overall, I guess what I'm saying is that the main thing that people generally, the main reason why people are deterred from studying other religions and just fearful of life in general is because of death. A lot of people depict death as like a really scary thing and they don't want to die a gruesome death. Like I don't want to go get caught in like a house fire and like die Mm. that way. That'd be like the worst possible way to die for me. But Mm -hmm. how as like somebody with, who obviously like communicates with people from the other side who have passed from this vehicle that we have a, we call a body. Like, how do you see death? I see death as a transitionary point. So I feel like we come into this body to learn lessons. We have this kind of, kind of a blueprint of what we're here to learn. And I teach this in one of my courses called the journey to self-love and abundance. But It's basically you come here into life preordained with a certain amount of lessons that you can learn with a certain amount of life achievements that you can master and your life, you forget all this, but you come into life and and your goal is to figure these things out as you go along. And then when you are ready at that extraction point, and this is also predetermined, however, can be shortened due to different life circumstances and self-determination. We own have we each have our own willpower to decide what we, we can do. So sometimes our extension point comes a little earlier, sometimes a little later, but usually it's around the same, the time that we are deciding, have have predetermined before we leave. And I know that's hard to hear for some people that may have lost loved ones and they feel like they've lost them too early, but if we have come down to live our lives and then and, and live the certain amount of lessons that we have come to experience and we've learned those lessons, then we may feel at peace to go at that time. That in itself then becomes kind of like we after we okay transition out of the body, a lot of what I hear is from other mediums and from what I hear from spirits is that they go through a process called the life review. They first are met with love. Um, with loved ones on the other side. They are met with their spirit guides and then they kind of look at, okay, what was it? What were the things that I came here to learn? Did I learn those things or did, or is there something else I could have done better? And then we take those lessons and we take them into the next lifetime. And some people call this karma, where we like relearn the lessons that we were meant to learn or learn opposite lessons. Like maybe we had cheated somebody in this lifetime And so in order to feel the gravity of what it feels like to have been cheated on, we become sort of the person that is cheated on in the next lifetime. 
that's one aspect of it, like explanation of karma and, and linear karma, but it always, it doesn't always happen that way. It's not always that like black and white. Because I, I know you're saying like hypothetically, like it, when somebody passes, they could go on to like another lifetime where they could like learn yes. the lesson. But obviously like right now, hypothetically, we could be in, in another lifetime, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So time is not linear. If you think about, and this is going to be going on to like a whole different tangent, but if you think about mathematical concepts and what's another, that time is relative and multiple time frames can be happening in the same moment. So when we talk about past lives, it may not even be past life. It can be simultaneous lives happening in a different dimension. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Or anybody who really thinks like, oh yeah, this is like reality, like we're here on earth and this is it. <laughs> I'm always just like, how though? Our mm -hmm. world is so small compared to like everything else out in the world, you know? And I could only believe that. I don't know, ne not necessarily like, I don't know, maybe it's like there's a multiverse that exists or maybe we're just like in an astral projection of another universe where they're just kind of like looking at us, as crazy as that sounds. But people they often aren't willing to have these types of conversations because they're just like, why are you thinking like that? Like we have enough problems here on earth. Like I have bills to pay. My car isn't working, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Have you ever been faced with like adversity, whether it was individuals telling you like, Hey, I don't think your ability is something that is tangible or real or just self doubt within yourself when you're, you're deciding like, Hey, like, is this, am I going crazy or and should I follow like a more traditional career path and study business in college or something like that? Or should I really just go for it with this? So I feel like both of those things have happened to me in my journey in my career. Like I started off going very interested into spirituality and healing. And in my like early 20s, I became after I be, um, came out of becoming a Buddhist nun, I moved back to America and I became a Reiki healer. And Reiki master. Uh, I was interested in like learning to become like a yoga instructor. And then I was kind of at like a crisis point. I was in college at the time. And I remember um, telling my mother, like, I wanted to be a teacher. And I was so interested in spirituality and this sort of thing. And she, being, of course, a typical Asian mom, was like, teachers don't make money. And there was like so many things wrong with this statement. Teachers are like very highly paid, especially in California with teachers' union and that sort of thing. But like there's different forms of becoming a teacher. Tony Robbins is a teacher and he's a millionaire. So it, it took me a while to like kind of come back to find this path again. I decided to kind of leave healing and through a series of different decisions, I became or I started off as a youth counselor and then I went into hospitality and then I had a, a lot of interest in technology and, and web development. And so I went into tech and property management and then back into tech. And it was at actually the start of COVID when I decided, okay, this was time to like either go back into tech or like pursue this dream that I've always had full steam ahead, which kind of goes back to your question of like, how has COVID-19 been treating me? Like at first I was just managing because there was so much stress that I was picking up from like, you know, the news. I realized I was like overeating. I had a lot of anxiety and I kind of just had this moment of a realization like, okay, I'm not okay. And usually as a spiritual person, you feel like you're supposed to be like positive and lovey-dovey and happy all the time. 
but that's not just life. Life is like, it sucks sometimes. Life is hard. And I had to remind myself that I'm a spiritual being having a human existence. And human existence can vary from like one end of the spectrum to a whole other like beautiful end of the spectrum, right? One end can be like really hard and you're going through life and, and tribulations. The other one is like you come out the other end and you're like glowing. Yeah. It, it actually helped me pivot into deciding this is what I wanted to do for to focus on. I could either go back to becoming being a web developer, which is what I was doing before in front end web development. And I was working predominantly with men and feeling like I kept having to like prove my point and prove my worth, like being there in tech to begin with. And then I felt like, okay, I could do that and I could and keep doing that, which is something I feel like I'm skilled at, or I can do this thing that I've always wanted to do, which is become a life coach and focus my energy as a healer and, and intuitive. That's really, like yeah, that's really interesting. You said that I, I was going to ask that obviously you come from a tech background as like a web developer and stuff. And I know obviously like it could be really rudimentary being a web developer. You may be doing the same task over and over and working with different clients. You know, some people it's like their cup of tea and they really enjoy it. Other people, they're just like, eh, it's not really my my thing. Like I'm just there to make a, a paycheck and go, but it's like a good paycheck, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. With you and your situation, you mentioned earlier that being an energy healer, being an intuitive life coach, and helping somebody out with their spirituality could be like taxing at times. And I was wondering if you could like go a little bit deeper into that, like what you mean by taxing. Is it because you're dealing with like different, I guess, just energies on a daily basis? And sometimes these energies could be negative? Yes. So it's some of the sessions that I have, especially with mediumship clients can be very heavy. When I first started giving readings, when I was tapping into my abilities at the age of 16, after meeting that medicine man, then I started realizing that I could give readings for people. And at a very young age, I felt like I was 16, 17, but some of the information that I was getting, one of my cousins asked me, she was pregnant at the time, is my baby going to be okay? And I looked into her stomach and I did not feel the baby was going to be okay, but I did not know how to tell her. I said, I feel like the baby's going to have some breathing issues. She's like, but it's going to be okay, right? And I just said, ah, yeah. But that was really hard. And and the baby was not, uh, the baby was born without one lung and half of its heart and did not make it 18 days, I think was the, the day after being born that we had to say goodbye. And that was really a lot to deal with. And other conversations I've had with spirit guides telling me information of your husband is having an affair on you and that, that sort of thing, which is like a lot of oh, no. <laughs> heavy information. And a lot of the times that's seeing people in their states as they're experiencing life and then me being the communicator of bringing this information, I have to be prepared. I have to be like in a good state of mind. And I also have to remember that it's not about me. It's just me delivering the message. And if I pick, I'm picking up on the messages, I am meant to deliver it. And so that's what I mean, that it can be kind of taxing. And psychologists also, I feel like go through similar things where when people are talking about their problems or things that they're facing in life, you can't help but feel empathy. And so you start to feel maybe some of the feelings that, that they are going through. And as an energy healer, I have to 
do maintenance to make sure that I'm not picking up negative energy that I'm clearing from clients, that a lot of the symptoms that they experience, I don't bring into my body and bring into my energy field. And I think that's what the, that medicine man was trying to warn me of before is that that, hap- that actually is a common problem among energy healers, um, healers in general, not just energy healers, but like counselors, that sort of thing. So that sometimes they need to make sure that they don't attach their other client, their client's energies into their energies and that they can let go at the end of the day. Yeah, I've spoken with quite a few psychologists before, and they said the biggest misconception about being a psychologist is that we're all knowledgeable and we're all super happy. Like, I need a vacation <laughs> type of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We all need to recharge. Yeah, we do all need to recharge. And obviously with dealing with people's energies and also passing along messages in the future, I'd just like to get your opinion on this. So do you think that everything, if you could read if a a woman is unfortunately going to have a miscarriage, for example, Mm -hmm. like is that pretty much saying that everything in this lifetime that we're living is predetermined in a way? Yes and no. I feel like there are certain experiences that we're meant to have. If a if a woman is going to have a miscarriage, if I feel like there is cause for concern, I may I may voice that that hey, maybe you should get this checked out. But it's not up to me to to determine like oh that this is going to happen or not. I mean, I mean it's if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If I'm given that message, then I felt like I'm supposed to convey that message can and and maybe this woman has had to experience this for some reason in her life maybe it's just not the right time for that child to be born maybe that child is going to be born in a different lifetime with a second child or something along those lines got it how do you generally conduct these readings like what's your methodology and approach behind it so it depends what I'm doing. If I'm giving it a reading or an energy healing, I usually are both. I usually get into like a meditative state. I kind of open up with a prayer of intention and then I'm conveying whatever messages through images in my mind's eye or through the different, what is it, thoughts that I'm getting. And it sounds like other people's thoughts that are coming through. And so I'm just kind of repeating what I'm hearing. And then sometimes I understand what the messages mean. Sometimes I just convey the message and it's meant for the, that person and that person understands what I'm trying to say or what the message is. Do you ever use any types of tools? Like I know some people like you, they use like tarot cards and stuff like that. I do offer tarot card readings for some people that they like to see something physical and tangible so that they can know what direction they're going into their lives. And have that sign. Other times I kind of just give an energy reading and let them know what kind of things that I'm picking up. And a lot of times clients will affirm to me like, yes, that's what's going on with me and my mother. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, it's like, dang it, you predicted it. I didn't want to tell you, but came out. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that happens. And we also have free will in a lot of this. So I could say something And then because you have the choice in what you decide to do, and if it involves another person, like what's going to happen in my relationship? And I can tell you based on what you're thinking, what the other person is thinking and how they're acting and how you're acting right now in this moment, this is what the outcome is going to be. But at any time, you or the other person can change their minds. So that can make the outcome a little bit different. I see. I see. So it's like, hey, here's what the outcome will look like right now. 
but you could potentially mm-hmm. change that in the future. Yes. It's kind of like based on the um, current situation, there's a 80% chance that this is going to happen, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a 20% chance that something else could completely happen differently. How do you work with your clients to improve like their spiritual health and stuff? Like, How do you generally talk with them? Usually I start with somebody who's interested in in spirituality will will approach me and say, you know, I've been listening, similar to you, I've been listening to these different um, talks or podcasts, and I'm studying about meditation. I want to learn about intuition in my third eye. How how do I go about it? And usually it's not just them that's interested in it. I always feel like the spiritual path calls us when we're ready and then when it kind of nudges us and nudges us and nudges us. And then all of a sudden we're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, And you can only Um, deny it for so long, right? Exactly. Exactly. But one of the first things I tell people is just go within, listen to your body, listen to your emotions, take a step back. I think it's all about awareness and mindfulness. And mindfulness is like a buzzword, but really it's just bringing awareness to what's going on within us and paying attention to what's underneath the surface. And we may be surprised. We may hear or or receive information in those intuitive nudges or those feelings of like, hmm, maybe I should try this. That can help us in our life journey. Because as you mentioned, we can only ignore it for so long. Sometimes we could just be trying to go down this path of what we think we wanted to be doing, like me trying to become what I thought was at the time was like a full stack web, full stack engineer. I was doing front end for a long time and I was just like trying and trying and hitting a wall and hitting a wall. And I thought maybe it was because I'm not, I can't, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And I realized as I took a step back, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And that's when I had that aha moment, like, okay, I need to focus on this other aspect of me, which is like my spirituality um, and energy healing. And I still do websites. I I made my own websites and some people, sometimes clients still contact me for that sort of thing. So I feel like both of my pieces of my brain are being fulfilled at the same time. Yeah. It's like intuitive intuitive life coach, spirit medium, Mm -hmm. energy healer, and web developer. (laughs) It goes well together. Yes. You kind of need both in this day and age. Yeah. For for obviously like in this day and age, health is like emphasized like no other, whether it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wear a mask or take your vitamins and, and stuff like that. Does that, does your physical health and the environment you grow up in impact the way your spiritual health is in any aspect, if that makes sense? Yes. I feel like they're interconnected where our environment that we grew up in can definitely impact our spirituality and it can give us access or not give us access to different parts of spirituality and and therefore give us access or not to ourselves. I feel like spirituality is really just a deep dive into the self and who it is that we really are, what it is that we're really meant to do here on this planet, what lessons we're supposed to be here to learn, and how we can grow and to be like more full, whole um, people who we're meant to be. Mm. I I agree with that. I I think that every everything in life is almost like a lesson learned, and it could obviously be translated to the next life, depending on how your beliefs work and stuff. I think a lot of people often unfortunately due to like media and movies and stuff they look at like life coaches or spirit mediums uh or intuitive abilities as something that like could potentially be scary a movie like the sixth sense where like somebody's Mm -hmm. seeing ghosts or something like that Mm -hmm. like that's definitely not what it is is what i'm getting at from this conversation but have there ever been obviously like 
scary situations or just like malicious situations or malicious spirits that you've dealt with? Or is every spirit just inherently like just like a normal dude in their sandals, but they're just like not here? <laughs> I have I have definitely been very scared in many different aspects of my life, but I also have learned that when we are in a state of fear, um, doubt and worry, or just sadness, we tend to attract a lot of that same energy, whether that's in this realm, in our waking lives or the spiritual realm. And so when I was going through that very difficult time in my teenage years, I did experience in Thailand, they would call it kiam, which means like a psychic kind of, uh, I forget the word, it's like a psychic attack where a spirit kind of takes sits on your your chest and you're not able to move. Well, that hurts. Uh, spiritual paralysis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I would have to like say some chance to come out of that state of awareness and wake up again. So I would wake up, but then I would look around and it looks like my room, but I'm, it doesn't look completely like my room. Like I was in another dimension. I'd seen spirits before that were like dark energies or, but I wasn't sure what they were trying to say. But I've kind of been able to navigate myself out of that where I keep myself in what's called like a high vibrational state of gratitude, of peace, and I don't attract those spirits as much. I also have been able to work with my spirit guides um, and angels to help them protect me from that kind of energy. And, And when you say vibrational, like, could you clarify that a little more? Yes. So we all are vibrating at some sort of energetic level. And a lot of the times our emotions play a role on what sort of energy we are vibrating. So if you've ever been around somebody who is kind of like a negative person, they're looking at the floor a lot and they don't very speak highly of things of themselves or other things, they complain a lot. You just kind of feel down when you're around them. Yeah. Or my blood That's is like boiling, some, you know, one of the two. <laughs> that person is emitting low vibrational energy. Those are so those are somebody that's somebody who's maybe feeling fear, worry, negativity. And the emotions that are neutral or above, things like peace, gratitude, love, joy. If somebody is emitting those kinds of emotions, you usually feel positive around them. They're emitting higher vibrational states. Yeah. So when we are in a high vibrational state, we not only attract um, good things to happen to us in our lives, but we also can attract good, positive spirits, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like having people around that are like positive vibes. It's just essentially like you're saying it's essentially like it's a high. You just have a bunch of high vibrations that are next to each other, right? Yes. Yes. Birds of a feather flock together. So wherever you're at mentally um, and emotionally, that's where you're going to be at spiritually. I've never heard that one, but I'm going to have to start using it. <laughs> That'll be like my next quote I post or something like that. <laughs> For somebody who really wants to start their spiritual journey, and obviously they may be healthy physically but they and, and mentally also, but they really want to look at the spiritual aspect of their lives. How would you suggest somebody really starts off by taking care of their spiritual health? Very easy, very cheap and affordable is your breath. Actually, it's free. Everyone, we all are breathing and we can just focus on our breath and every inhalation as it comes through our nose, enters our throat, into our diaphragm and then back out. Following that breath gives us a a sense of peace 
but also brings awareness to what we're feeling in our bodies and in our emotional states. That's like the one of the first meditations that I learned is how to follow my breath. And from that, it can take you on different journeys. You can do breath work, energy healing, whatever interests you. And there's so many types of like healing modalities that a person can get into to go into this journey of the self and the soul. But I feel like the first part that we can come to is just focusing on our breath, bringing awareness into what we're, we're feeling in this moment. So like different types of breath work per se, mm-hmm. like there's different types of like breathing methods. So like, which one yes. did you start off when you started this journey of yours? I learned about the Vipassana meditation and there are retreats that you can take, I think is one of them that that's free. I'm not sure if they're still doing them during COVID times, but you can also look up guided meditations on YouTube. There are so many, if you're having a hard time focusing on your breath and you need some in intuitive or some sort of guidance to help you like focus your mind on something else. Common misconception is that with meditation that we have to have clear minds, that we're doing it wrong if our minds are not completely silent. Meditation is something where you can have an active mind, but you're just being aware of the thoughts that are going through your mind. And when you're aware that your mind is going rampant, you can just bring it back to the breath. I I totally agree with you. I've done some breath work and stuff before too. I've particularly, it's probably not necessarily related to intuitive, but I did like the Wim Hof method. If you've heard of that. No, I haven't. The Wim Hof method, it's it's essentially a, a type of breath work that allows you to expand your lungs. It involves like holding your breath for for potentially like a minute and then exhaling and holding it in and exhaling and and i have heard of this yeah this method i think it was studied i'm forgive me it was either at stanford or harvard or one of these prestigious universities Mm -hmm. and they injected people with the flu believe it or not and the people who who practice this breath method breathwork method they were able to fight it off which is actually really surprising Breathwork really does work. If you gained anything from this podcast, I would highly, highly suggest breathwork. And also do not try it if you're like using your phone while you're trying to practice it. Like go <laughs> go in like a safe space or or even be in tune with nature. Like I like to do it when I'm, I don't know, at a park or something, even though yes. I may look weird. <laughs> nature is so healing. Yeah. I and mean, it's great to be able to connect with nature because there's messages in nature too. Yeah. I mean, we all come from the earth. What what type of messages do you see? In nature, when I go out in nature, sometimes I will be intuitively led to either like a stream or a rock. And I'll either put my fingers into the stream or put my you know hands around the rock. And I feel like I, I get a message. And one time last year, I think it was in the middle of the summertime, after we were in uh, shutdown for a while, I went to the river and I put my hand down and I noticed there was a butterfly near my hand and I lifted my hand up and a butterfly landed on my hand, which I thought was really amazing. And I just felt like I was in the middle of a transformi- transformative process. That's amazing. I'm, I've had similar experiences with nature where I went to Portland one time and just going out into the forest and, and being out and looking at waterfalls and stuff. And it was just such an amazing experience and it felt like there was like a burden that was lifted off my back. Like, I don't think 
I think oftentimes because of COVID and everything going on, we're a little scared to obviously go walk in a forest or anything like that. But I highly, highly encourage anybody listening to this to to just take a nature walk one time or a Same hike. here. As long as you're social distancing. What I did over the weekend, I went into the woods and there was this tree that was just calling at me and I gave it a big hug and it was the best feeling ever. I also highly recommend hugging a tree because it just felt like a long lost friend. They give great energy back and then sometimes they just need hugs too. I would just get scared I'd get splinters. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to find a tree that's not that splintery. I know, I'd have to find a nice tree or something. But hey, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on to have this conversation. I feel like it's a topic that we don't always focus on. It's not necessarily our primary attention grabber by any means, but everybody's curious about it. So I appreciate you coming on. And I guess as a final question, like, what are your plans for the rest of the year? And where could people follow you to to learn more sure thank you again so much for having me it's been a great joy to be here talking about something that is off topic for a lot of people but something that i work with a lot i'm currently working on improving a course that i have created last year when i went through this kind of transformative state it's called the journey to self-love and abundance and it's an eight-week deep dive into the self into healing the self into understanding the self, into learning about intuitive abilities, what our intuitive abilities might be, and using those abilities to attract abundance and live out our dreams. So if anybody's interested in learning more, you can go to my website, songbirdjourney.com. That's S-O-N-G-B-I-R-D-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at songbirdjourney. Cool song. I'll put all of your links in the description below. I really appreciate you coming on. Even though this is more off topic, I feel like it's applicable to anybody. So thank you so much for going on. And for everybody who's listening, thanks for tuning into this episode with Song. If you happen to enjoy it, feel free to leave a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast to stay updated with the latest episodes released every week. And I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day. Mm-hmm.